Yeah. The Flathead's only local sports talk show. The Knock on Sports. Six to eight weeknights. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Here's your host, Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back inside the 600 KGEZ Whitefish Credit Union Studios. As we give you my thoughts on the Flooded Braves head coaching searches there, looking for their next head football coach as we get ready for the 2021 football season. As I mentioned earlier to end the last segment, the uh, flathead coaching job has closed. All the applicants, all the people that have applied for it are now in and we will see if you thought about applying. Well, it's too late now. No longer can apply. The job is closed. It closed late last week. And so I want to take a look at it because this has been a very, very quiet search. It's also been a long search. Uh, I believe it was early February when Coach Matt Upham handed in his resignation as head coach of the Flathead Braves. And so it's been a long time. This job felt like it's been open for some time. And people have been coming to me. I've been getting messages. I've been getting questions. I get text messages. Uh, People asking me, hey, what's the latest with the Flathead coaching search? And all, all I can really say to people is, is I honestly don't know. I feel like we'll know more in the coming days as once we know who the candidates are going to be. But in the process of the entire month and a half long search that they've been on, uh, or maybe month month long search they've been on, it's just been, it's open. You really don't know who's applied uh, unless somebody actually has some knowledge and wants to tell me they applied. I have no idea. And there's no names that you kind of thought of right out of the gate that are like, hey, all right, let's let's see if he's going to be the head coach. There's really not a name out there right now, as far as I can tell. You can hit me up on the Knock On Sports and tell me if you've got a name uh, that you're hearing that's closer to this job. But there really wasn't a name that I've heard so far uh, throughout the process of when this job was open uh, to the public to apply that I know that's like, okay, he's going to be a serious candidate. I haven't heard any names. Uh, I know I speculated this uh, some time ago when we talked about this job before. Could there potentially be some Class A coaches that have put in for this job? There is a possibility. Uh, I don't think there's anything out of the realm of possibility. I think there's Class B coaches that have probably put in for this job. I think there's Class A coaches that have put in for this job. You have some pretty successful programs in Western Montana at all levels of Class B and Class A that may want to look to make the jump to Class AA football. So does that mean, do I think it it was some Columbia Falls head coach or Whitefish? Was it uh, those guys? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not going to speculate that it was those guys uh, putting their names in. I don't know. But like I said, I think there are Class A and Class B coaches that have probably put their name into the mix. Who they are? No idea. So like I said, this has been a very, very quiet search, and it's been really interesting. So like I said, the first question is, is who were the candidates? Like I said, I haven't heard any names linked to this job. What I have heard, though, and I will say this, is I've heard you know rumors that we have had a lot of out-of-state candidates apply for this job. And there is a possibility that this job could go to an out-of-state candidate. Uh, depending on who it is, it could be the right candidate. We've seen coaches, at, and it's not just football, we've seen coaches for basketball, volleyball. I have heard multiple times that we've seen coaches that are in eastern Washington or even in Idaho that have, have applied to jobs here in Montana. So there is a strong, I, I want to say, I shouldn't say a strong possibility. My guess is, is that there probably are quite a few applicants that are from out of state. Again, I, I couldn't give you a percentage. I feel like there are probably a good number of, of candidates that are out of state, but 
Uh, and it could be that the next head coach is an out-of-state candidate. There is that possibility. Uh, it's, again, why the long wait? Uh, I think it's to cast a wide net and also to figure out the teaching uh, position situation. Again, this is in Texas. Uh, you know, these coaches, they have to be teachers uh, unless they have something else that allows them to bring income because we know being a high school football coach or being a high school, high school uh, athletic coach in general does not bring in a lot of revenue. It's not a job that you can make bills and pay bills on. So the other part of this is, is to make sure that the teaching position, there, or at least there is an opening teaching position for the next head coach if the next head coach is in fact, and this is usually what you see because you usually want your head coach to be able to be in the building and so I would expect that more than likely uh, the next uh, head coach is going to be somebody that needs a teaching position we saw I think it was uh, Kyle Sampson had to wait a little bit then he got a teaching position there at Flathead but that was another similar situation um, when Kyle got hired so I, I think that's another part of the puzzle uh, to go along with the reason why this, uh, this this has been such a long wait for the job what does the new the next head coach what does he need to bring in? The new coach needs to bring energy to this program. If not, then he better have one hell of a resume because in this day and age, people love energy and people love excitement. It is not, it's, I don't think it's unreasonable, um, but it wasn't that long ago that we saw how much energy Kyle Sampson brought into the program. A lot of people want to try and see that replicated. They want to see that duplicated with the next head coach, see that energy and just see that excitement. And when you're talking about a team uh, in a program that's only won two games in the last couple of years, it's going to take, I think, something to really give the program a jolt of energy here um, just to get things moving along and really get the, the not only the players but the community excited about flathead football uh, once again. So I think that's the energy is a big key here. And like I said, too, I, I have no idea which direction Flathead could go with this one either. Like I said, this is a big time decision for Bryce Wilson and the searching committee uh, for the next head football coach. But could they go with an older coach, more experience, success and go that route? Or do they go in the way that they did with Kyle, a younger coach? Coach said, obviously, as we and again, not saying the older coaches don't bring energy. I've seen plenty of older coaches that have far more energy than I do. Um but just saying, okay, we're going to go with someone that's a little bit younger, uh, someone that just kind of resonates and, and someone that just brings a ton of energy within the program. One way or another, I think it doesn't matter who the hire is, whether it's older, whether it's younger, there just needs to be a ton of energy within the program or that just needs to be this resume that just says, hey, this guy has won, this guy has done some impressive things. you got to have one or the other, I think, when you're talking about the next head coach. Along with that, being a great communicator will be key. And I think one of the ways to do that and one of the ways that you know, kind of ties into that excitement is again being active on social media which is the next head coach whether it be putting videos out of the team doing workouts running things of that nature along with current updates uh, that's going to be another interesting part about it when you looked at what Kyle did Kyle did a lot of things through his own social media uh, that really promoted the program. And again, that gets that energy going. And if you can put that out there, parents see that, parents feel excited. Uh, kids see that as well. And kids get excited because they want to try and strive to that. They want to try, hey, I want to be mentioned. Hey, I want to get this. I want to be recognized and all of those types of things. So I think it kind of goes right in hand in hand with being a great communicator and bringing that great energy uh, to the program and to the community. 
Um, I think the other thing will be, as well as I mentioned, the the incentives to excite current players and also to get uh, the players that are in the high school uh, really excited about coming out for football as well. I think that's going to be a key as well. I see, I've seen in the past uh, couple of years, I've seen a lot of big kids, and I'm always wondering, hey, how come they're not on the football team? Uh, but I think that's a part of it. So getting that energy and excitement going for flatted football is a big challenge and it's something that the next head coach really has to meet and hit the ground running on. I'm not saying because obviously we know high school football coaches don't exactly have a press conference, but in that first conversation or in the first things that the next head coach does, there needs to be that energy and it needs to be seen quickly so that way people can really rally behind it and, and get things going. Uh, some of the challenges that are going to be facing the new head, new head coach is a program coming off an 0-9 season uh, going winless. That's never fun. That's never easy. Doesn't usually lend to a lot of excitement uh, going into the next season. So again, that's where the next head coach is going to have to try and change that and move that forward. Um, again, it's not easy, but again, the next flathead football coach is going to have to try and uh, move on from that. Uh, putting a staff together, not going to be easy. Uh, again, we'll see what he wants to do. Does does the next head coach bring in some of his own guys? How does he make this staff? Do, how much of the current staff does he keep? That's always going to be a big question as well. So uh, the staff situation is going to be really, really interesting. Um, how does that staff look? Who does he go to? Who is on that staff to be the next head coach or, or to work with him to, on, the, on the football team? That's going to be a really interesting challenge that the next head coach is going to have to face as well. Uh, at the same time, too, if you do have an out-of-state head coach, potentially, uh, how does he attack the June period? We know that uh, football teams can have like one week of – of contact. We know that teams can also do a lot of uh, skelly sessions, seven on sevens. They can go to camps. They can do all of those things. And we've seen before COVID, Flathead usually go to the Idaho camp. And Kyle took him to the Idaho camp, and then they went to the Idaho camp first year under coach Matt Upham. Unfortunately, they couldn't go because of COVID, obviously. No camps were being held by any of the colleges. Uh, so what does the next head coach do? Does he go to the Bozeman camp? Does he go to the Montana camp? Does he go to Carroll? Does he go to Tech? Where does the next head coach go during that offseason, and where does he get the most work, and how much work can he accomplish with his new squad? Because essentially, when this hire, and I think this hire will either come in early April or it'll come mid-April. I don't think it'll come much later than that. Um, so I think we'll, we'll know who the head coach is, but he's going to have to, he or she is going to have to have the ground running, hit the ground running in terms of figuring out what they're going to do for that month of June, because we know July is pretty much you, know, you can't really do anything in July. And at the same time, too, it won't be too far from then when we talk about getting started with the new season and getting two days and getting practices started in August. So along with that, uh, I think the next big challenge is obviously looking at the Western Conference. I think the schedule gets easier. Um, you know, the Flatted Braves, unfortunately, the last couple of seasons, they started off with the defending state champions. Uh, you're talking about, you know, year one for Coach Upham. He started off with, uh, playing Bozeman, obviously a semifinalist the year before, but also playing uh, Billings West, who's coming off the state championship. You talk about the following year, Bozeman is a state champion, and they open up, or actually we didn't even get to Bozeman this year, but that, either way, that schedule was going to be tough. Um, so, like I said, tough to open with Bozeman and Billings West, two teams out of the East that are very, very strong. Uh, 
So like I said, I think the schedule gets a little bit easier. I know, I believe they have Gallatin and Skyview this year. Again, I'm not saying that that's just an automatic 2-0 start. You can't ever say that within the AA, but at the same time, it's not obviously Bozeman and Billings West. We know Billings West, again, I think Billings West is the front runner uh, going into next season as a state uh, title contender. All the guys that they have coming back, so it's going to be really tough uh, if you had to play Billings West again. But again, Gallatin, Skyview, I think a very interesting games uh, for this Flathead team and to give us really an idea of where this team is at, and especially this roster and this coaching staff. So the schedule is a little bit easier. But looking inside the Western AA Conference, that's where it's a little bit more difficult. There's a lot of wild cards. You look at, I think Capital's a wild card. I think Flathead's a wild card. I think Butte's a wild card. Um, I'm trying to think here. I think Big Sky is a wild card because you just don't know what they're going to have after losing Janicaro. Uh, Hellgate, they're a team that's been getting better and better and better. So we'll see with them. I think they're a wild card. I think the only three teams that I feel like I know that are going to be, you have the expectation of them being good football teams, is going to be Sentinel because they return a ton of talent from a state championship winning team. Uh, you look, they do have obviously their own questions that they have to answer, in particular at the quarterback position and some other places along the offensive line. But then you look at Helena. They've got Caden Hewitt, one of the best returning quarterbacks in Class AA. Uh, they got Marcus Evans, uh, who I think is a phenomenal athlete. Uh, you look at Helena is going to be tough. Coach Scott Evans just does a great job with that program. Helena is going to give you a fight no matter what. And you look at the team north of town, the Glacier Wolfpack. Uh, I think Glacier with Rendina, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, again, they're going to have to figure out who their new quarterback is going to be after JT Allen graduated. But again, I expect glacier to be a team that's going to challenge for the western crown so again the next head coach is going to face those challenges and along with that that means a crosstown rivalry with the uh, north town glacier wolfpack flatted braves have lost two consecutive games already to glacier since the two wins in 2017 and 2018 glacier's already up i believe uh, either way glacier's up by a couple of games already so that needs to change as well the next head coach also has to make those games uh, one win those games in that rivalry series and try to eat and restore that balance between Glacier and Flathead in terms of that rivalry series because that's also going to be a big part. Again, it's, I'm not talking about in the ways of Montana versus Montana State, but that's also an added expectation because nobody ever likes losing to their rival. And so you want to be able to, because Flathead does not want to see another eight game uh, rivalry. When you talk about some of the lopsided scores during that eight-game winning streak, you want to see some more competitive scores between those two teams. Again, if it's a great game, you know, one way or another, there has to be a winner and a loser, but you want to try and come out of the end of those, and you want those games to be a lot closer uh, than especially those, that eight-game losing streak that Flathead suffered uh, up until 2017. So a lot of challenges and a lot of things facing the next head coach of the Flathead Braves. But again, it's going to be really exciting to see because, like I said, it is a challenge, and we're going to have to see who the next head coach is and how he meets those challenges. And obviously, once they do make an announcement, you can't expect that the knock-on sports will be chatting with the new head football coach for the Flathead Braves. There's enough on that. Coming up next year, we'll turn our attention to the NFL and free agency as Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast joins us next on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. This is Greg Ellingson representing Flatted Farm Mutual Insurance Company, Montana's home-owned insurance company. Who was the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan? Magic Johnson? In my opinion, it was Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain, the holder of 72 NBA records, including 100 points scored in one game, averaged 50 points in one season, converted 70% of his shots in a season. One game had 26 block shots and 55 rebounds, against Bill Russell, no less. 
Seven consecutive scoring titles, nine shooting titles, 11 rebound titles, led in assists one year, 72 records in all, and never fouled out of a game. I rest my case. Greg Ellingson, Flatted Farm Mutual Insurance Company. We take our checking accounts for granted. They're free, so we think it's a good deal. Nope. The newly 